Hello, happy Thursday evening, Penguins fans. Another very eventful day for this franchise. Chris Letang has finally been extended. Two down, one to go. Owen Pickering is officially a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins with the number 21 overall pick. I will give my thoughts on that as well, plus the Latang extension. And, of course, there are some more updates on the Evgeny Malkin front. So that's basically going to take up um, all of today's episode. So without further ado, let's jump right on into it. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L-O underscore Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen um, for today. It looks like, as I'm starting to record, Brad Lambert has been taken by the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to send that to Jason here, who, of course, helped out with the – who, of course, helped out with my big board. I got that out of the way. So let's get right on to it. So Chris Letang, six-year contract, 6.1% million per my immediate thoughts just just wonderful you know i never really uh, you know imagined that it was going to be a six-year term i I thought it was always going to be four to five years Um, i know dk said he had heard it was going to be three years um um the the other day but Latang, when he spoke to the media after the penguins made the pick on thursday night he said that he was more than thrilled to except the six-year term despite the AAV being down because he said he thinks he can play till he's 41. And, hey, you know, I'm not going to say he can't play till he's 41 because he's probably one of the most well-conditioned players in the league. And I saw some people on, on social media, of course, and all these other spots say, well, you know, the, the, the term is not good, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the, the term really means nothing to me. What the Penguins are really doing in this deal, they're hoping to get three to four elite years out of Crystal Tang, I should maybe shouldn't say. Well, I think it, it, at least a leap for the next couple of seasons. Then some, hopefully, great to to really good seasons. And then after that, you know, whatever happens, happens. Say he can retire early. Um, you know, the, the Penguins will not have a cap recapture penalty or anything like that. That rule was done away with, I believe in 2020 with the over 35 plus contract. So if he does have to go on LTI or, or early or just retires, um, the Penguins will not have a penalty to their salary cap. And, you know, the team is probably going to be bad by the time those final two years of his contract come around. So in reality, who gives a damn? I I, I really don't understand why people are making that big of a deal out of it. Um, You know, your window is for the next three to four years. You deal with the other years when the team is rebuilding, you know, he's a penguin for life. That's what he wanted. He got his wish. And now the penguins can move on to Evgeny Malkin. I am more surprised by the AAV. When I saw it was announced this morning, okay, I was like six years. Okay, this is going to be a big AAV, right? 6.1 million per. He took over a $1 million decrease in pay for longer term and so that the Penguins can have extra salary cap space. Do you all know how much he would probably get on the free agent market? I mean, you, you all know what I was discussing on this podcast. If you have been listening throughout all offseason, I've been saying to do 
four times eight, five times eight, three times 8.2 to 8.5. I even said the other day, if it was going to be a three, three year term, I, it was going to be in the 8 million range. I'm glad I was wrong on both the term and the AAV. Um, this was very shrewd business um, by Ron Hexall. I, I'll, I'll do some golf claps for him there. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, they, they got the player that they wanted to keep. And voila, you know, that this is this is a team that I still think can contend for a Stanley Cup, especially if they bring back Evgeny Malkin and they make some other changes around the roster. So many of, like, and I've been saying this, I feel like, way too often on the show and on my Twitter account and all this stuff. There's a we- really weird section of Penguins fans that just think that the team is going stale and they can't compete with three players who are 35 plus and older and that, you know, the team is too old and all this stuff. And you know they're blaming the core players for not winning in the playoffs the last four years. And it's like, you people sound so entitled and so spoiled. They've won three Stanley cups in the salary cap era. They have been to four Stanley cup finals. They have been to five Eastern conference finals. If they do not win another playoff series, let alone go back to another Eastern Conference final or something like that, this era will already have been a major success to everyone who has watched it. So I don't really understand why there are so many of these weird takes from people who just want the team to get worse before they really need to get worse. It just it boggles my mind. And all these people, they just they come into my mentions and other people's mentions that I see on social media. And I, I listen to Penguin's Sports talk during the day, and it's just—I feel like people have been brainwashed uh, by by certain members of the Pittsburgh media. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to name names uh, on here. I don't need anyone, you know, being stupid. But I mean, golly, people just need to really take a step back, assess the situation, know that this is a good move for both the short term and the long term for the Penguins franchise, and voila. I hope everyone was chronicling. This extension, if you don't know what that means, um, I'm sure someone that does will explain it to you if, if you if you text someone that also listens to this podcast. Um, that is all I'm going to say on that. Um, no, I'm not going to go um, and any further deeper. But, you know, the Penguins, they knew they were not going to find another replacement that can do what Latang does on a nightly basis, whether it's putting up 70-plus points, his play in the defensive zone, his play on the power play, play – uh, 5v5-wise, the minutes, whether it's 24 or 26 or sometimes up to you know more than half the game, he does it all for the Penguins. You are not going to get that from John Klingberg. You're not going to get that from Nikita Zadorov and any one of these uh, free agent defensemen or anyone via a trade. It just it, it was not going to happen. So I am thrilled about this deal. Um, someone, a buddy of mine was texting me that um, asking me why Hextall front-loaded it. He thought, I think, that, it, that the cap hit was going to be that for the first years, and then it was going to go down. But no, that, that is not how it works. So he, what will show up on Cap Friendly will be the AAV, which is his average annual value. Again, that is about $6.1 million. So that is what will be charged to the Penguin salary cap. Right now, they have a little over $15 million, I believe it's $15.3 million total. Um, to bring back a few more players. This definitely opens the door to give a little more money to Evgeny Malkin if they want to. God willing, I hope they do. Ricard Raquel potentially, though. I'm going to get to that, um, I think, a little bit later in this podcast because I think some people are um, a little too hung up on him 
I think for some reasons, it might, it might not be a popular take that I have, but I'm going to get into it. Um, but um, getting back to what I was saying, overall, th- that is what is going to be you're seeing on cap friendly. You know, th- this saves the Penguins a lot of money. But Latang, he'll get $8 million this season in actual money. Next season, he gets $8 million. Then I believe it goes down to six something for the next two seasons. And then I think it goes as, uh, as low as 4.5 to 4.8 or something like that. Also has a full no move clause for the first four years. And then I think has a modified no trade for the final two in case, obviously, for LTIR reasons. So overall, again, Yen's great contract for the Penguins. Um, this is a slam dunk. Kudos to Ron Hextall for getting this done. I said before um, the offseason began, I did not think. Um, I, I mean, I, I was, uh, well, uh, let me rephrase this. I said before the offseason, I was much more confident about Evgeny Malkin um, getting a deal done with him than I was about Chris Tang. I was, my chances of him staying were below 50%. I am glad to eat crow on that. I'm so happy that he's going to be a member of this team um, for the rest of his career. That's two thirds of the core locked up. And now we just have to get Evgeny Malkin here locked up. And I'll have more updates on that later on in the show and a look to what the Penguins could potentially do uh, next week. Um, as well. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into the Penguins' first round pick and my thoughts on the pick after unveiling my big board um, that Jason and I at Penguins Twitter worked on. But before I get to that, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are all delicious. All built bars are also made with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, I'm back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So let's get into it. So just about 30 to 45 minutes ago, the penguins made their first uh, round selection and it is defenseman Owen Pickering. And this was a player that I touched on, you know, a few times over the last couple of weeks when I was unveiling the big board with Jason and I, and this is a player who, you know, we had in the range for this, but we, you know, we, we, we were even DMing before I went live here and we are, we are not surprised in the slightest that this was the pick. And in my opinion, I think this is a very solid pick. You know, King Clarkie, I trust his opinion on prospects very much. Go follow him on Twitter if you are not already. Um, if it, well, I'm just going to get his at here for you all. At, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it, it is King Clark. I don't know why I just screwed that up there, but you know, he, he thinks he's already the best prospect in the system. I'm kind of warming up to that a little bit, but what you're going to get in this player, his skating is absolutely ridiculous. Um, for someone who is 6'4, um, he moves uh, like a lightning bolt. Um, he is very quick to go up the ice. Very good, I think, at controlled zone entry and entries. Excuse me, and controlled zone exits. I think the biggest thing with him is getting his offensive game going. Right now, I kind of compare him to, I guess, some a version of like Keandre Miller, Travis Sanheim, a little bit of Brian Dumoulin in there as well. But if he can be, you know, m- more of an offensive player, you know. 
that's be- better than Dumoulin in that regard. Um, I think this pick is going to be even better um, than some may think. And, you know, I, I saw this being thrown around um, a lot from some, some people on social media. And th- this was the top-down model's projection um, of Pickering. And it shows him being chances of a star, 2%, chances of becoming an NHLer, 18%. Um, I think this was... You know, I think this comes courtesy from Jay Fresh. He had him at 54. Draft rank, um, well, draft rank for becoming an NHLer, 41. Draft rank of becoming a star, um, 54. Um, I will say this. The top-down model has not been good for the entire draft. So please take that with a grain of salt. And this is someone who loves analytics. I use underlying numbers almost on a daily basis on this show. So you know, it, it's got to be bad if I'm telling you to really not put too much um, stock into it. And I understand, you know, probably 98 to 99% of the fans, you know, they don't look at the prospects. They don't watch the tape. You know, they don't go on elite prospects and all this stuff. But I am here to tell you that Pickering is legit. He's a good player. And I think he can be ready um, in the next few years. I don't know. He's not NHL ready this year. I don't think he's NHL ready next year, but by the time you're maybe about halfway through that crystal tank contract, maybe, maybe I should say year four, year five, even perhaps, you know, he could be, um, up in, in a top four role for the Penguins. I was discussing this on the lockdown NHL national show before I went live here, um, to record the show. Um, then, you know, Brandon, uh, Brandon pillar of locked on senators, he was discussing how it'll be kind of cool to see him and Latang potentially play together when Latang is almost at the end of his career. And that was something that I didn't really think of um, when the pick was made. But, you know, now that he brings it up, you know, it kind of reminds me of how Sergei Gonchar, an older uh, version of Gonchar, was playing with a very young version of Latang. And obviously, I'm not saying that Owen Pickering is going to be Chris Latang here. But, you know, the, the similarities with, you know, the old legendary vet playing with a potential up and comer who could be a really good player. You know, it's, it's definitely something that could come full circle here. Again, the comps that Jason and I have, Travis Sandheim, Keandre Miller, um, Jesse though um, had more of a Brian Dumont comp for him. And, you know, he, he really um, liked the pick. I'll, I'll go to his tweet here. Um, to tell you all what he thinks. Um, he, he Again, he thinks he can skate beautifully. He says he's extremely confident in moving the puck in transition, used his size and reach to patrol the blue line, keep a great gap, started sneaking into the offensive zone for shooting opportunities a lot more. So that last point, I'm going to be watching a lot more as he progresses through junior. I want to see how he does in training camp and all that stuff, especially for also development camp, which will be coming up um, in the next month or so. But uh, but right now, I'm happy with the pick. I, I don't think it's a safe pick or anything like that. Um, one more thing before we switch gears to get to our final segment for today's episode. Uh, there has been this take out there that, well, the Penguins shouldn't have taken that player. You know, they should have just dumped the pick and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I understand the, where, where people are coming from, where they want to trade the first rounder. I do. You know, the team's in win-now mode. You know, this player is not going to be ready for the, for the next few years. I totally get that. But what I will say to you all right now, with the Penguins' financial situation, they still have to get Evgeny Malkin signed. They probably still want to make some other changes. Who were you trading that first-round pick for to get in return? I mean, Yessi, Pugliarvi, I mean, sure, sure, that makes sense. But you could also, with how, Edmund, with how the Edmonton media has been talking about him, it sounds like you're going to get him for – 
um, well, less than the second round. You know, he wasn't even um, traded tonight unless I missed something from Elliot Friedman. He just had a notification. No, yeah. So, yeah, he's not being traded tonight. So it looks like he's going to go for something less than, than a first rounder. People will throw out JT Miller, but the Penguins don't have the assets to go out there and get him. And he's also signed for one more year, and you're probably not going to extend him next all season. And again, you know, with the Penguins' current cap constraints, even with Latang. Um, having a steal here, I don't think the Penguins, they will be able to get that done. So that is what I would ask the people who want to trade the first rounder for a player. Who would you want to trade that pick for? And if you have a good answer, by all means, let me know in a comment. You can DM me on social media, all that stuff. I'll maybe bring it up for a future episode. Um, again, I get the I get the reasoning why people do because the team is in win now mode. But you know, to just throw out that just 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 to basically like say, well, this player stinks and blah blah blah. They should have just traded the first round pick. It just it sounds like you're so short sighted in that. You know, just do a little bit of research on the player before just saying they should have traded the pick and all that. That that's the last uh, little thing I wanted to say for the second segment. Again, overall, I like the pick. He was in the category for in the range from Jason Nysbort and. You know, we definitely think he can be a top four defenseman in the NHL level. You know, we'll, we'll see if he gets there. But, you know, that's, I think, his ceiling, um, at least in my opinion. So that wraps up the second segment of this episode. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into some, again, Malkin updates. And I'm going to have maybe a little bit of a hot take about Ricard Raquel. But before I get to that, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more from the chain, for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business and do it yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. And you can write locked on in their how you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, lie below prices, all the parts you recover ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Again, follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So, um, Mike Sullivan spoke to the media tonight for the first time since the season ended, and he sounded optimistic that a deal will get done with Evgeny Malkin. Chris Letang, when he was speaking speaking to the media um, tonight after the Penguins made their draft pick, and shout out to him for announcing the pick in Montreal. That's a very nice job from Ron Hexall to do that. Um, and his, obviously his son Alexander was up there, and it's crazy how big he's gotten. I remember when he was just like a freaking baby. Um, but – you know, I think during his press conference, he said three times basically that you know he's also optimistic that a deal will get done with Malkin. You know, there, there's been a lot of reports today about how the Penguins and Malkin they're 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 far apart on term and all this stuff. And you know, the biggest thing I'll say is this: you know, term should not be an issue. If it, if he wants four years and you, you got to give him like seven million, you do it. I mean, I I don't care about that fourth year. If you're giving Chris Tang six years, you can give Evgeny Malkin four years. You know, maybe it's because Hextall doesn't want him as much as Latang, but Hextall also spoke to Emily Cavill on ESPN tonight, and, you know, he, he sounded very much like someone who wants to bring back, you know, and knows how much he's meant toward, to the organization 
over the years. So um, you, know, you have that. I know I saw earlier in the day with insider trading with Darren Dreger and Pierre Lebrun said that the two sides are not really close. The Penguins are you know, hesitant, I think, to go to three to four years on term. And, you know, I think a lot of this is being leaked for a reason. And I think it's being leaked from the Geno side. I think they're trying to put pressure on the Penguins to get this done because obviously Gino will have no problem going to market. He will have a ton of suitors. Um, if he does go to market, I mean, Carolina, Washington, the Rangers, the Avalanche, potentially the Panthers, if Claude Giroux walks, there's, there's five teams right there. The Red Wings, I think, could potentially make a splash with him. There's six. I mean, I could probably list half the league who would be interested um, in Evgeny Malkin. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to freak out about it until – next Tuesday, when Wednesday comes around and there's no deal. If, if that's the case, then I'll be really nervous that something potentially will not happen right now. But right now, you know, I think there might be a motive to some of these leaks. I don't think it's coming from the Penguin side. We'll see if the deal can get done over the next few days. It should not be hard to come to an agreement with this player. You have extra cap space. Now they have an extra 2 million than I thought they would have. There is no excuse to not bring him back. If Hextall does not bring him back, he is going to be booed for an eternity. Um, he will be known as the as the GM who let one of the five greatest players in Penguins franchise history get away. So I just want everyone to know that. Um, no, again, I've been saying three times seven, three times 7.1 for a while now. If you have to go four years um, to do that, that makes sense. And, you know, if Rob Rossi's reporting is true, if, if you if he will accept four times six, and maybe with a, with a little no move clause for the first couple of years, you do that. Um, and I don't think you think twice about it. Um, those are my thoughts on the Evgeny Malkin stuff. Now to wrap up with Ricard Raquel. And I was getting that a lot in my Twitter mentions today. 100, like, what does this mean for Raquel and all that stuff? And honestly, I like Raquel. I think he's a solid player. Performed a lot better than I thought he would with the Penguins. That said, I think he's probably going to be commanding too much on that contract. And I just don't know if the Penguins can, you know, afford to pay him that. You know, do I think he's worth 4.5 to 5 million per? No. In my humble opinion, I think they should let him walk. I know that's not going to be a popular take among some people that listen to this podcast, but I just don't know if he's going to put up the kind of production um, that a 4.5 to 5 million player, you know, should be putting up throughout the duration of a four to five year term. You know, if anything, I would work to bring Evan Rodriguez back over Raquel. And I think you can potentially make a splash in your top six by still letting Raquel go. Because, you know, say you do bring Malkin back and, you know, say say you do pay him $7 million, right? So you'll still have about $8 million in cap space to fill the remaining spots. Maybe Danton Hyden comes back on a cheap deal. If that's only for, you know, two $2.5 that comes down to about $5.5 to $6 million in cap, capping in walks, maybe you open up some more space with a Brock McGinn trade, a defenseman gets moved out with POJ. Maybe that's if that's, if a defenseman does get moved out, that's potentially up to 12 million in cap right there, factoring in the Malkin extension. That's around, you know, seven to 8 million. You know, the Penguins will have room to make a splash in their top six. And I think they can do better than someone like Raquel. So I wanted to throw that take out there and just give my side of it. Uh, because again, I, I thought he played well with the Penguins, whether it was on the Kenny Malkin or Cindy Crosby line. And I wouldn't mind if they were to re-sign him, but I, I would be cautious about giving out a lot of term and a lot of top dollar to him. I think that's the main thing I wanted to 
um, get across there. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. It's been very busy as of late, but I'll have another episode tomorrow getting into um, some draft talk. Um, if the Penguins uh, make another move, if the Malkin is re-signed, you all be the first to know about it. Very busy time in Penguin land right now. Keep it right here on Locked On Penguins. I'll have everything for you all um, for each episode. So I'll talk with you all on Friday.